listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom McLean. I'm Tom Lang. And we've got Isaac in our headphones, fact-checking and taking our dimensions for the tailor-made suffragette white suits we'll be wearing whenever we record from now on. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I've got my Julex swatches here, and it just looks like white. It just looks like white. How do I tell the difference? <laughs> it's all the diamonds you got installed. It's just too bright. Did you say Dulux swatches? Sounded like you said deluxe watches there. That was just a, a Freudian payslip. Just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, we're fucking punchy today. Good on us. Um, this is. Look, the energy is at a point where we're all feeling a little silly and a little stupid, but rest assured, we're not going to do anything as fucking stupid as hiding incriminating evidence in a lunchbox and burying it in our backyard. No. Yeah, no, if you haven't been following the news, Christine Holgate uh, hit a bunch of watches in her backyard. (laughs) (laughs) And BP lied about it. (laughs) They're refusing to release the evidence. No, it's bloody Ben Roberts, bloody Smith, isn't it? (sighs) They're Australia's top war hero slash criminal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> alleged, alleged Alleged war hero, alleged yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> That's Isaac in our ears going, say alleged, say alleged um, Alleged war hero Because he is one of the few people that we talk about That could actually and would actually murder us If he, if he allegedly decided that that was required <laughs> If he thought he could get away with it And yeah. let's be real, he thinks he can get away with some pretty wild yeah. shit <laughs> Usually he can. Um, and every time we talk about him, because he listens to the pod, um, he decides to make anything we talk about obsolete by having some new shit revealed because he's been under investigations for war crimes for a little while. And um, what fucking... Was it a current affair found that he buried war crime evidence in his backyard? Yeah. He had a USB <laughs> stick in a lunchbox that had a bunch of photos of it, of him... War criming. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so the, the photos, I think, were not, you know, just like a video of him doing the murders and, and, and stuff. But the, the the main thing that sort of keeps coming around is this, uh, sev- not severed leg, this uh, prosthetic leg yeah. that was taken as a spoil of war from a Afghani soldier who was murdered by... Uh, well, who allegedly was murdered by allegedly Ben Robert Smith, hmm. a war hero, Um uh, and this, uh, you know, taking of the spoils is is also a war crime. But mm. that leg was just kept as like a souvenir in a traveling bar that the military ran, and people would drink out of it and take photos with it. And uh, it's pretty gross. Um, yeah, which is also like that. That's it's it's all war crimes. It's all desecration of corpses. Uh, it's it's it, look. It's no good. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain why desecrating a corpse is bad on my podcast. But Ben Robert Smith, if you're listening, that's wrong. Yeah, maybe don't get that empathy <laughs> consultant once he's done with the rest of them to tell you why desecrating a corpse is generally not an empathetic thing to do. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy because that whole like drinking from the prosthetic leg of an enemy combatant shit is like so well known at this point that it's just used as the token image every time we talk about Ben Robert Smith in the newspaper. It's like when they talk about vaccines and they've got a, that stock footage of someone getting a vaccine. That's just the stock footage for Australian soldiers serving overseas. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the other thing that came out of it, which I don't know if as many people have seen, but it, it's fucking terrible. It's really grotesque. Is that one of the photos, 
that was published and they blurred out only half the face because they had to show the other half is that someone from the Australian military has put two coins on the eyes of the dead and then taken a photo of it and the coins are like Australian memorabilia military whatever like they're you know they're not they're not two dollar coins they're proper like military insignia like that is they're real proud of this I shit. keep coming back to the fact that just everything on the you know the conservative slash bad side of politics is indistinguishable from a crime family except that they either write or enforce the laws instead of mm. breaking them but that is that is like horrific criminal family torture shit that's really really yeah. fucked up to do also um, it's a war crime <laughs> did we mention that <laughs> Um, allegedly, alleged. No, no, we, that no. That is, is a war, war crime. crime. <laughs> no, I just love to say allegedly. <laughs> I just, actually, no, to be fair, there. I haven't read any international law books, and it's been quite a while since I like tutored human rights. So you know what? Maybe that's not. <laughs> Here's, here's the other thing about Ben Robert Smith, though. Not only is he an alleged war criminal, tons of shady shit. He was on Dancing with the Stars or something. He was <laughs> the worst war crime. That's he was he was the chair of the Australia Day Council, picking who gets to be Australian of the Year. He's also a current executive at Network Seven. Um, uh, allegedly, an executive at Seven. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is interesting because this is a really integral part of the story because currently Kerry Stokes, uh, who's like the honcho of, of Channel 7, is bankrolling his not being in war jail fund. Um, mm. and, and when this war crimes thing started to come out, and this is like Ben Robert Smith quote, like when it started to come out, he's like, seven's been good. Other businesses would have just been like, mate, it's not tenable. I offered to resign at the start and they said, nah, it's good as play out the way it has behind closed doors because they now understand. So he's like, they know I'm a war criminal. I said, do you want a war criminal working for you? They were like, it's great. We're fine with it. <laughs> yeah, he's really got Stokes in his corner. This is uh, yeah. from the SMH article about it. Leaked recordings of the decorated soldier, speaking Jesus frankly fuck. to a number of associates, suggest he's confident that he can see off those seeking to hold him accountable. Mm. As long as his employer and benefactor, Seven Chairman Kerry Stokes, keeps funding his cause, he says not only will he win, he will fucking destroy his enemies. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? That's not that's not surprising to come from a military person, is it? Like <sighs> when when you're when you exist only as a hammer, the world looks like nails, and that's why. Why he's up on alleged war crimes. Yeah. But the thing is, he doesn't have Stokes in his pocket. Stokes has him in his pocket. This is a symbiotic relationship. Um, I've been watching Snowpiercer. <laughs> because every evil billionaire needs an incredibly loyal uh, henchman who can have people <laughs> killed. Um, that's what this is. Stokes. <laughs> Kerry Stokes is Batman <laughs> And Ben Robert Smith is Alfred Kerry Stokes is Lex Luthor He's not out there murdering people He doesn't have the skills He's a businessman But he needs fucking I'm out of Batman guys dead shot or something <laughs> He needs that guy Will Smith plays in Suicide Squad <laughs> That was my Snowpiercer reference and here's my snow crash reference for those of you following snow themed <laughs> science fiction is we now have two media empires you've got channel 9 and channel 7 trying to dig up dirt on each other's war crimes yeah yeah what kind of crazy situation is this yeah did we say that did we, the the whole story was broken by channel 9 
and it, it seems to be not as an effort to keep Ben Robert Smith accountable for his alleged crimes, but to just dig into Channel 7. Which is the kind of shit Channel 7 should have kept in mind when they hired an alleged war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> ah, we didn't want to talk about Holgate Gate. We didn't want to do it, and, and the world kept pushing us to do it. And here we are. You made it dumb enough. Now it's dumb enough for us to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck is Holgate? So essentially, there is Christine Holgate, otherwise known as Christine Colgate. So if I say either of those, they're both right. So everyone shut the fuck up. As someone whose name is one letter off a famous toothpaste brand, I really feel for her in this regard. <laughs> yeah, that's the real tragedy. <laughs> so she was uh, CEO of Australia Post. And uh, years ago, her executives closed a big deal that made them a lot of money. And as happens with CEOs and people that close deals, they got a little bonus. It was some expensive watches. Now, that's a relative term. These watches were $3,000 each. Um, you can get watches up to $40,000. It's a, it's a, you know, it's, so depending on how much money you make um, every every day, uh, every year, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket. Um, and the timeline of this is that during the COVID pandemic, there was a whole bunch of things going wrong in the world. You might have heard about that. And the <laughs> Labor Party, in an effort to score a bit of a win in Senate estimates in October, Labor Senator Kimberly Jane Elizabeth Kitching... Huh? Um, uh, <laughs> Just started hammering Christine Holgate about this thing that they found about these watches and how it does. It's not a good look, is it? Ooh, not, not the best look to be giving watches for bonuses. Oh, do you think that passes the pub test? Whatever the fuck. That means nothing. Quick side note as well. People keep bringing up the fucking pub test. I will. I personally take offense to that because that was used initially by Scott Morrison in some other fucking portfolio about philosophy funding. So fuck you, Scott Morrison, for trying to say that the actual good work of philosophers in this country, which keeps us up to fucking world standards in it, doesn't pass the fucking pub test neither does fucking neuroscience shut up <laughs> anyway pub, pub test is just a code for common sense it's as meaningless as that it's fucking, yeah it's just nothing. like what would an idiot think of this <laughs> what, what do i think that i want people to think that people think so anyway the labor party started this whole thing they started pushing this looks bad don't do it looks bad shorten and the unions got involved ah oh, ceo of australia post bad look yeah she's living living large on taxpayer dollars blah 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 mm -hmm. Probably in an effort to score some wins for themselves, because as we know, the ALP are wet lettuce. And Morrison, not to be wedged, weaseled out of it by just saying the exact same stuff. And you've probably all heard the the now infamous audio of Scott Morrison in Question Time just, you know, blustering about like, oh, if she doesn't want to leave, sh oh, she can go, sort of shit. Just really hammering this whole thing of we are for the everyman christine holgate is terrible for giving <coughs> to them cheap watches to her executives <laughs> so she was either basically fired or shuffled out or pressured out to resign depending on who you ask yeah to this day it's sort of ambiguous as to what the exact nature of her departure from australia post and it was doesn't really matter um and it's also important to point out that the that the sum value of these watches she gave was less than, I think, half a week's wage for her. Like, yeah. it was not a lot of money. Oh, we'll fucking get to that. Um, <laughs> and so, 
this is the thing as well. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure she had discretionary funding up to like a hundred and fifty thousand, and ended up only spending twenty five thousand on these watches. It's, it was this? It's this whole thing. But just like at that level of business, there's a lot of fucking money being thrown around on shit. That's a lunch. And, and but this is the thing as well. The deal that those executives did boosted Australia Post by millions of dollars. It was a fantastic deal. So this was just like a little thank you. And like at the level of those people, these three thousand dollar watches are like a couple of pints at the pub for a job well done. Like it's it's really just fucking nothing. Yeah. It's it's within this sort of crazy context of there's sort of two sort of streams of thought, and one is like. Australia Post, like, it, it's a huge business, and in the scheme of things, the, the, these executives increased the value of Australia Post by X million dollars, and they get this small X thousand dollar bonus. Who cares? And in the other stream of thought, it's like, <laughs> why the fuck is Australia's postal infrastructure entirely run by a private company? <laughs> and I, I think we'll get to that. But so, the last week, um, there's been more, you know, the public appearance and Senate inquiries and all this sort of shit going around in the media about... Uh, did Scott Morrison have the authority to to kick her out and should that have happened and was she bullied in the workplace so to speak and was she forced to leave her role and she appeared in front of the, the, the media in what's being called suffragette white and it's has been turned into a fucking a girl boss issue about mm. this you know about a woman who was pushed out of her role by a man and I just... I just can't with these fucking people reporting on this shit because yeah. it's the the thing that gets me is that like the way Scott Morrison behaved was fucking terrible. He behaves terrible to a lot of people and it does seem like he really is it really is a proper cunt when it comes to women. Like yeah. this oh, is yeah, this is sure. too this is too personal and anecdotal to really be of worth in a statistical analysis or whatever, but like listening to him in parliament during that like when he was going off about Holgate like, I have lived with men and have men in my family who sound like that specifically only when it comes to women. And Scott Morrison's track record when it comes to men in his government and men in other b- businesses, he's very coddling and he doesn't take the same sort of tones. I reckon there is something subconscious there that is definitely worth analysing. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it, it's absolutely a clear-cut case of a man bullying a woman out of a job, for sure. It just doesn't fit into like, oh, and that means that she's the good guy. This is the That's thing. That's not a slam dunk. It's people just can't think that, uh, you know, oh, if there's two people fighting, one of them is my friend. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> we keep, I, I keep hammering this point over the last few weeks because a bunch of different stories have come out like this, but sometimes two forces can just both be shit in different ways and you don't have to fucking pick a side. So at the moment, we have this whole contingent of people like like talking about how it was this concerted effort um, from Holgate and a bunch of other women in the Senate wearing suffragette white. And they were there standing up for women in the workplace. And like, it, it is a thing that a woman being a CEO is magnificent if you think that CEOs are magnificent. But I fucking don't. Like all I keep, all I keep thinking about is how like fucking craven and hypocritical a lot of these reports are, and it doesn't bother me because I can take a material analysis on this and just go, she's a fucking millionaire in charge of a multi-billion-dollar business. So who gives a shit? It's not actually a fucking progressive or leftist analysis to say that oh, actually she's right and she's battling Scott Morrison and it's fucking great. And the worst part of it was that the unions backpedaled from only a few months ago to take up this cause as well. 
So yeah. it's so when I'm talking about the hypocrisy and the, the backpedaling and stuff, I mentioned that it was Labor Senator Kimberly Jane Elizabeth Kitching who was the first person to mention these watches that were given out. Kitching also appeared wearing this quote-unquote suffragette white backing Holgate. Not only a couple of weeks ago, only a few months after that October Senate inquiry, being yeah. like, "Yeah, women, we can Just do getting it." Getting out the Je suis Colgate, like, "Fuck yeah. you." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is friggin' Labour as a whole, like, because a lot of Labour people have weighed in. At the start, they were like, oh, Morrison isn't taking any action against this Liberal-appointed Australia Post board. Um, and then after Morrison took action, they went from being a Liberal-appointed board to, you know, girl boss, you know, she's been treated in a discriminatory manner compared to other people. Like, this was, this is the one issue Labour was like, oh, we can probably take a little stand and wedge Morrison on this. And now they're like, ha we didn't actually care. <laughs> I, I think that's why it's getting to me, is because it's such a, like, just unambiguously cynical move from the, the, the Labour Party and sort of the union groups yeah. as well, where they're just like, oh, here's a thing that we can wedge Morrison on, even though we were on totally the other side of it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that's like... <laughs> We have actual problems in this country. <laughs> Can you care about something, please? Yeah, wedge a fucking Chevron boss or something. This is yeah. the thing I wanted to like bring up specifically is that it looks like the ACTU and a bunch of different unions were like deleting tweets from months ago where they were critical of Holgate. What were they critical of Holgate of? Oh, well, you might remember that during the fucking pandemic where postage actually went up and deliveries went up and it was hard to keep up with demand, but they, like they started actually making money. The CEO, Holgate, and a bunch of their executives were like contemplating whether or not to pay their bonuses to themselves mm. during the COVID lockdown and pandemic that hit this country through 2020, while also asking that their drivers and deliver the delivery drivers work for free on weekdays and accept only time in lieu for working on weekends while using their own vehicles without remuneration for that well because she did declare in march that she and her senior colleagues would not take bonuses and, and then, then later she bloody did take bonuses so like it's fucking... she's shit on workers just the I fact hate... that they were asking to work for free hey do, do you, you you know how you're a postie because you've always dreamed of being a postie and you would do the job for free regardless and you're an honourable fucking person who should just live in the dirt and get nothing during a pandemic. We're going to we're gonna check in that favour. We're going to cash that in. It's like, fuck mm. you. She's shit. Um, yeah. I just fucking hate Australia Post so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also they're shit. All right. Go on, go on. The whole place is just such a fucked, stupid situation where it's like we... The measure of how well Australia Post is going should be are packages and mail getting to their destinations. Mm. But the measure that is actually used to check it is how much money is Australia Post making. Yeah. And that means you get things like you get one chance at a delivery and then they'll just take it to whichever post office you got to pick it up yourself. And while you're at that post office, they've got a million fucking impulse buys everywhere. Oh, do you want a little child's playset? Oh, do you want a USB stick? Oh, do you want some fucking Play-Doh? Like, I, I want to get my fucking parcel. That's the yeah. only thing. But the whole company, and it is a company, is a profit-driven company. And so the Australia's... Fucking post is shit. Why don't we just have a, a section of money 
from the taxpayer set aside to deliver mail, and that's the only thing that's... Oh, no, it's going to generate a profit, though. And Christina Holgate is in charge of that, and she was very good at it, and that's very bad to me. I think... Yeah. I just want to, like, drive home this. This is fucking... Mitch Material Analysis Alexander Corner. This is my whole fucking thing, which I would like. I will. I will say, Crikey did some really fucking good reporting on this. A lot of other places really dropped the ball fucking hard to make this a cultural and an identity politics issue straight away without any analysis. So during the, the Senate inquiries about the like, three thousand dollar, maybe five thousand dollar watches, it's not much. Pff, I have plenty of them, but she wore a forty thousand dollar watch. To that Senate inquiry, yeah? Um, she, it's been revealed a little while ago that she was charging taxpayers $34,000 to stay in five-star hotels when she travelled for business. Overall, she was racking up about $300,000 in personal expenses in only a couple of months of work. And this is despite the <clears> fact that her salary for working there is $2.5 million, yeah, before Australia Post, well, her, her big claim to fame, one thing that she got really successful for was being the head of Blackmores. And they sell multivitamins. And multivitamins are modern day snake oil. Like it's nothing. They're a snake. Yeah. And she made them really successful, which speaks to the character of the person we're now interrogating at the moment. <laughs> she was in charge of Australia Post from after selling snake oil. She's shit. Shut up about it. Morrison is also shit for bullying a woman out of her job. But we, we don't have to pick a side in this. I'm spitting all over my fucking microphone. This is insane <laughs> to me. Absolutely fucking insane to me. And the thing that has driven me fully fucking jokerified, though, was rereading all of the shit that was happening at the low level of Australia Post when all of this started back in October. Just the fucking brainworm normal country. And this is the last thing I want to bring up in this enraged state, and then you guys can just fucking go for it. But mm. for fuck's sake, a, this is a direct quote Australia Post staff and customers were planning on mailing $5 notes to Prime Minister Scott Morrison when this whole thing <sighs> broke. To, to pay back the amount of the watches. They also wanted a minute silence for Holgate and they were putting up posters of her fucking face. What is wrong with you people? She's a boss. Bosses are bad. That's it. That's the analysis. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that, has, oh that has been Mitch's thesis defense. <laughs> I'm actually I, the, the way my thesis is going, I might submit that instead. <laughs> Yeah, it's this it's this weird um, it's politics as a sport thing where you have to have a side. And in every conflict, there is a side yeah. and one side is good and one is bad. And if you found yourself anti-Scott Morrison, which a lot of us are, and if you aren't, you should be. Um, <laughs> if you found yourself anti-Scott Morrison, oh, you must be pro everybody Scott Morrison is against, which means that we stan our queen uh, Christine Holgate, and we will do dumb shit like sending $5 notes as a sign of support. Because the last thing you need to do is send Scott Morrison your fucking money to support a CEO who makes $5 fucking every time her heart beats. That is, that's in, that's the thing. And then, and you're giving it to Scott Morrison. I, I know I said I'd stop, but like, why are you giving it to him? What <laughs> like are you if, doing? If you want to be useless and waste your precious life, try and start a hashtag trending. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say though, it's like that whole thing of this like you have to, yeah, that you're against Scott Morris and you for someone's like, well, well, Lang, you'll never make it in politics because you've never read uh, Sun Tzu's The Art of War, where the enemy yeah. of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> yeah. Sun Tzu's I'm very The Art smart. of War, 
where it's I, it doesn't actually matter what you're trying to fight for just like <laughs> kill him for some reason and then you'll win that blasted heat that you found yourself fighting over here's a little bit of trivia one more little bit of trivia about holgate because it's nice to tie things back to other crazy things that happen is all the way back near the start of the melbourne lockdown where there was the tower uh lockdown which was that that fucked thing where where the uh the victorian government sent a ton of cops to (laughs) just snap lock down these council houses uh full of like you know recent immigrants and and vulnerable people and things like that it was later described as a crime against humanity yeah yeah um, but we covered we covered that in depth at the time. See episode twenty six, Cop Tower, and so the people in these towers couldn't get like food and supplies and packages and stuff in um, because there were cops all over it that were just not doing a good job of anything um, except for terrorizing people. But Christine Holgate personally intervened to say, "By God, if you do not make sure." Those Pauline Hansen propaganda stubby holders that she sent specifically to that tower get delivered to those residents, I will get every legal recourse happening. So it's good that she had her priorities in order during the pandemic. Get they were struggling to get medicine in. <laughs> yeah. And, and those Pauline Hansen stubby holders said something like, saying what everyone's thinking, but what she's usually saying is the people who live in these towers should not be in Australia. So this is the thing. It's really important, really important to say that she was on national news or national TV shows not that long before this, saying that the people in those towers are alcoholics, was one of the terms mm-hmm. she used, and she was just disparaging them horribly, but from Pauline Hansen, which is weird for her. And she sent these stubby <laughs> holders to antagonise them. And the government, uh, Vic, uh, Vic Health and the government were like, I don't reckon we should send those into every single... <sighs> apartment in these buildings because it might inflame an already fucked situation that's our fault whoops and Holgate was like well if you don't do it we'll call the cops and then later Paulina Hansen gave her a guided tour of something that's as exciting as a box factory and it was for (laughs) Holgate to curry favour with the One Nation Party to get votes that they need to pass Holgate sucks Mm -hmm. she sucks yeah she's bad she sucks bloody nationalise it nationalise the whole friggin everything yeah nationalise the postal service I think it'd be a good idea (laughs) I've just got a little update on gas Uh, Shell has put out their you know annual report and they very happily announced that they are planning to pay zero dollars in resource taxes to Australia basically ever for all of the uh, the gas that they're getting out of, of one of their projects in, in WA. Yeah. Um, Good on them. That's, which is interesting yeah. because, yeah, so just for anyone who isn't up on Australian uh, gas taxes, uh, basically you don't have to pay them if you don't want. Um, That's just sort of general in resource taxes. We just like yeah. to give our natural resources to uh, big multinationals. Yeah. So we have a thing called the petroleum resources rent tax, which is meant to be like, hey, if you've decided to get a whole chunk of the Australian continent and sell it for profit, um, maybe some of that money should go to Australia, um, which makes sense. And pretty much every every other petro state um, has a pretty solid resource tax, like... Um, you know, Qatar or whatever, like they are bankrolling their whole fucking country. And by their whole fucking country, I mean the, the rich people on top of the country. But but the they have a pretty solid resource tax that funds all of this national stuff. 
Um, same with, with Scandinavian countries like Norway. They fund huge amounts of public services with their oil money. Now, I don't believe any of these people should be selling fossil fuels. But if you're going to sell your fucking fossil fuels, you may as well benefit the country. Yeah, sell them. Australia doesn't like to do that. Australia likes to say, hey, private companies, come over here. Just go nuts. Just, just fucking go, nuts. go hog wild. We're just happy to have you here. The defense um, is always like, oh, but if we made them pay the resource tax, they just up and leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, Good. But the resources are here. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, these are valuable resources. And if it's worth it to them, it should be worth it to us. Now, the petroleum resource tax, I'm, I, I, I won't go into it. it. It's the classic tax thing of, oh, if you've got a... If you've got expenses, then you can count them against the money you're making. And if you're not, if the expenses are quite large, then you don't have to pay tax. Do but it. fuck it. It's up to, that's their problem. And they also have an income tax, which factors that. We in. fucking negative gear our resources in this country. That's fucking sick. Spare a thought for poor Shell, who's just losing money hand over fist, mining oh, up no. all this gas. They're just, yeah. oh, they're really doing it as a service to everyone else. They're going to go bankrupt if they keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, what did, what did they make during 2020? A $6.3 billion profit? Okay, cool. A profit. Cool, cool, cool. In, a, in a year when people weren't driving or flying nearly as much as normal. They yeah. paid for everything and had $6.3 billion Australian dollars left over, which they is like 480000 American dollars. <laughs> at least. <laughs> But this is, this is like just loopholes in Australian resource tax that you could just, you know... Drive one just, of those big mine trucks through. Yeah. <laughs> a, ta- a Shell spokesperson said, the company is committed to paying the right amount of tax under the letter and the spirit of law in all countries in which we operate. Mm. Just, yeah. Huh. <laughs> no one's denying that. It's a shit law. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem here is the government. I mean, Shell is, is absolutely a a predatory, evil, alien corporation that aims to destroy the world. We know that. Mm. Like, the reason we have taxes is to make them pay us for that privilege. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's so grim. At least pay us to murder us, Shell. Come on. Hey, give us a bit. Now, the interesting thing here is that this project that this is referring to is the Gorgon Project, which is 25% owned by Shell. It's more of that uh, some larger chunk is owned by Chevron. Uh, We talked about the Gorgon Project before. It comes up a lot, but every time journalists talk about it, they have to do the the men in black flashy thingy so they forget (laughs) all about it. Um, So I'm going to remind you, this is this giant fucking gas project, digging up lots of gas and refining it and all that stuff. But the whole thing with the Chevron Gorgon project is they were like, hey, we're going to do this thing, but as part of the deal, we're going to uh, store that carbon. We're going to capture those carbon emissions and we're going to sequester them back underground, inject them back into the rocks so that carbon doesn't come out, reducing our total emissions by 40%. This is the biggest. And this is actually a Chevron chairman's quote. We operate the largest on-purpose carbon capture and storage project on the planet. (laughs) At full capacity, we will be sequestering 3.5 million to 4 million tons per year. We're absolutely committed to finding ways to address the climate issue. End quote. They've never done any of that. (laughs) They haven't stored any of the fucking carbon. This is the world's biggest, most expensive carbon capture and storage plant, and it doesn't work. It's never worked. It probably never will work. (laughs) They are operating in violation of their agreement and of environmental law 
Um, and they, uh, and we're, we're like, oh, look, if they do that for another couple of years, we might look into regulatory uh, recourse. I just want to, I just want to go back on the the weasel words, or maybe it's a technical thing, laying on part of that statement. But the mm-hmm. idea that they operate the largest on purpose carbon capture and storage project, as yeah. if there's like a gas refinery somewhere where they've accidentally put the pipes <laughs> back into the factory and they've closed the doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, the workers are suffering horribly, but we've got all this carbon captured. I think I think the non on purpose ones are like the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the externalities that capture carbon, like seaweed and rainforest, and yeah. all those boring things we can't make money off of. The bit of weasel words that I want to seize up on is we're absolutely committed to finding ways to address the climate issue. <laughs> Yo, Chevron, we've found a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Chevron doing the like they they pick up their mouse, they look under their chair, they look under their arms. Oh, like, yeah. Nothing here. Nothing. Now, here's the thing. They have found a lot of ways to address the climate issue, but most of them involve them making a lot of money, so they're not actually going to do those ways. Yeah. They have found them. <laughs> they found them, and they killed yeah. them, and they we- buried them. <laughs> yeah, McLean. They are committed to finding ways to address it. They've found heaps. They're going to keep yeah. looking at us. Oh, look at that. Don't tell anyone. It's like the mafia is committed to finding snitches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, none of this is none of this is news. Chevron, <laughs> by the way, didn't pay any income tax on their 2019 um, nearly a billion dollars of, of of income there. But yeah, none of this is new. Carbon capture and storage doesn't work. This is the best example of why this is the biggest, most expensive carbon capture and storage. It doesn't work. It's not even a good gas field, um, and it's an even worse carbon capture and storage thing. And they're all evil and uh, fuck them. But it's nice to see them say that in their annual report. <laughs> We're evil yeah. But we like make a lot of money Yeah, I really should take most of my shares out of Chevron It's starting to look pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, don't even joke about that, Mitch if, Yeah, actually everybody If you do have shares in Chevron Or or any bloody fossil but fuel company But the dividends, Lang The dividends the Okay, no, you've, you've got me back onto a serious story It's actually not a good investment Yeah, it's shit house <laughs> Fossil fuel companies seem like they should be a good investment and a lot of banks and shit still seem to like investing in them but if you compare i don't know what you call it like an average investment pool with and without fossil fuels you do better without them because there's such a shaky investment at the moment and they're only going to get worse if you're an investor i just want to point out some fairly cold logic to you which is if you're investing in the long term, you should just invest in renewables because they're either going to take off in a big way or money won't matter for very long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people who only care about money don't really don't really care about that stuff. What temporality? <laughs> they just don't care about time. Hey, future and lives and shit. That's just how I approach my mortgage. Like Nab's like, you're going to pay this back in 30 years, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I sure am. He thinks we're going to be using money in 30 years. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in five years? Five years. Wink. Um, <laughs> so it is It is nice to occasionally see that the mainstream media follows the podcast. Um <laughs> Four Corners did a story the other day on how it looks like the federal government might not have our best interest at heart um, <laughs> when it comes to the gas lead recovery. Um, it, it's actually it's actually not a bad story. Um, have, have a look because they probably sum things up in a in a more professional way than we do, and and that's why it takes them longer because they don't have to keep saying allegedly or comedy podcast in between their stories. Um, so they've got to do some actual research. Um, 
They've got to do like really elaborate phrasing so they can't just say like, these people are fuckheads. Yeah, right? Guillotines. Guillotines. (laughs) They can't do it. They have to say, our investigative team discovered the blood. Nah, (laughs) we know what you want. And so we talk constantly about how Angus Taylor is is just a corrupt dickhead who hates the environment. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Comedy. Guillotines, guillotines. (laughs) Shouting guillotine doesn't do what you think it does. <laughs> it's refuge in audacity. That's for the socialists and communists listening, where it's just like we're getting our bona fides back. It's like guillotine, guillotine. <laughs> we reckon they should um, that. And we know that he doesn't care what experts have to say in things. But Four Corners actually got proper journalists, um, and they have found that yes, the federal government has been specifically pressuring experts in the gas industry, in in like the scientific field, into supporting the gas-fired recovery plan. Um, and that's like the AEMO, the Australian Energy Market Operator, who are our Australian like gas monitoring experts. Who, who, they're, they're the guys who know the gas industry because they run the Australian like gas infrastructure shit. Right. Um, they said gas that recovery is dumb as hell. Obviously, that's not going to work. The Energy Support Board, um, who are similarly experts in the Australian energy uh, area, also didn't support the the gas thing uh, because anybody who looks at the numbers and believes the numbers um, says these numbers uh, are all frowny faces. Um, and Angus Taylor is <laughs> like, I don't like that. That's and just that experience of someone with terrible dyscalculia. <laughs> looking at the numbers, they're all frowny faces. <laughs> Angus Taylor's like, can we change them to smiley faces? And they're like, mass doesn't work like that. <laughs> and that, it turns out, is why he spent a shitload of money, $2.5 million on um, foreign consulting groups um, to tell the government that gas is actually good. And so that was the, actually, that was the Boston Consulting Group who Angus Taylor paid to find ways to give money to gas industry. Um, and they were the same group paid by the government in 2019 to create a report recommending privatising and selling off large parts of Australia Post. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to know that you've always got a ring to be like, hey, should we just like fuck the nation and make a lot of money for some rich guys? And they're like, how much are you paying us? Millions of dollars. Yes. Starting to think this Boston Consulting Group aren't on the level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, they're reliable. So, just we've got in the notes here, the mm. Boston Consulting Group report on Australia Post, privatising, uh, selling off large parts of Australia Post. The report found it would lead to the loss of 800 jobs and closure of at least 190... 8,000 po- jobs. 8,000 jobs. 8, jobs and closure of at least 190 post offices. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see how that would make the Postal Service work better. It would be more profitable, Lang. Yeah. Because the metric is profit, Lang. And if the profit is up, it means that the service is good. Don't worry about if the service is good or not. How hard is this to understand? I mean, I've got a great way for the government to save at least two and a half million dollars here. <laughs> <laughs> Which you should stop. charge them $2.5 million to, to be consulted on about it. Yeah. <laughs> stop fucking paying the Boston Consulting Group to tell you shit that you want to hear. <laughs> there are... And this is, this is a report on the Australian Postal Service. This is not an Australian consulting group. You've just brought in a bunch of bloody business majors from the US. And so <laughs> we have business majors in Australia. 
Uh, we also have Australian experts and researchers and scientists and statisticians, but... <laughs> what, is your objection to this that they that they didn't keep their I'll give you a shitload of money to tell us what we want to hear yes. fund like in the nation? Yes. It's not even that's not even my main objection. I'm just I'm just saying like they didn't use any of those people because if you use someone reliable who doesn't have a vested interest in your two point five million dollars, if you just get like a publicly funded statistician, he'll just be like it actually seems like a nationally owned postal service is a good thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what Bain Capital told us. <laughs> when Australia is in ashes, you have my permission to privatise. <laughs> that was really bad. I'm sorry. We can cut that. And we're leaving it all in. Yeah, I'm not editing this one. I'm just putting up the WAVs raw. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's my bit. That's job's done. Um, gas is bad, and everyone who says it's good is bad. I'm trying to think of how that weighs into like one person's my friend though. Like who's who's my friend in that situation? Yeah, Lang, who's the good guy in this? Is it the Boston Consulting Group? Is it Angus Taylor or is it AEMO? Well, you just have to. It's AEMO. You yeah. just have to check um, your Twitter handle. If it has a little water droplet, yeah. you know that Angus Taylor is bad, yep. and so you know this is bad. And in yeah. this case, you are right. Oh, is this one of those moral gray areas where there's no actual enemy? It's just Angus Taylor. Bad. Bad me good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I'm thinking, like, you can look at, okay, Boston Consulting, who's a, like, lead competitor of them, so we hate Boston Consulting today, so happy to announce, shout-outs this week, McKinsey mm. uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> Love what they're doing. <laughs> Actions this week. Have a Blackmore's multivitamin. Go on, it'll perk you up. It's really good for you, and it's good, and you should have it. And I've seen lots of ads about how they're good. Um, well, they cost money, um, <laughs> mm. and so you, and you get them at the pharmacy, and so it must. You be- can also get them at Australia Post. They are a perfect uh, summary of the, the the whole Holgate situation in that it costs money, it makes you feel a bit better, does nothing. <laughs> Don't like the way that I've just done a Google search for Blackmores and the first ones that come up for me are Blackmores Executive B Stress Formula, Blackmores Sleep Sound Formula, and Blackmores <laughs> Prostate Health Formula for over 60s. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like someone just needs to send Christine Holgate some Blackmores Executive Stress Formula. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if bloody Scott Morrison had some of the Blackmores <laughs> 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 Shoutouts this week. Buy a Blackmore's executive stress formula and send it to Scott Morrison. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be su- supporting bloody your favourite company and doing nothing. <laughs> I'm going to log off this pod and I'm going to find the nearest brick wall and I'm going to go ham on that with my forehead. That is. <laughs> Um, actual actions this week. I wanted to bring up a couple of old classics. If you, if your superannuation still uh, invests in fossil fuels, or your bank does, change them, change yeah. out, change them, change your super and your bank. The way you know if they do invest in fossil fuels is if they don't specifically tell you that they don't. <laughs> if if they proudly on their bill- billboards say we don't in- invest in fossil fuels, then then you can trust that. Then maybe they don't. Yeah, you can trust that mostly. But if they don't say that, then they definitely do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you can always go to uh, marketforces.org.au. They're really good at giving out the most information that they can. A lot of the time it is kind of obscured, but go to them, check them out, and take a whole bunch of your money out of those uh, shit places that have your money currently. Um, another action this week that I want to shout out is that Rahu, the Renters and Housing Union, are going national, baby! 
Hey. We were Victorian for the longest time. We started in Victoria, but we now have some uh, like interstate members that are signing up. And they've got like interest in it, mostly in uh, Queensland, up and around um, Mangin, Brisbane. There is the Anarchist Communists Group that are um, starting a, well, they want to start a Rahu branch up there. So there is a public meeting on Saturday, the 15th of May. We'll bang on about it again closer to but they are, yeah, wanting to start a branch up that way and get Queensland renters unionized. And fucking nice. A, we've got some really cool shit coming up in the next few months. I'm very excited to roll that out. And it's fucking cool to think that this is national. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, it's a good good bunch. Um, another shout out is a friend of the pod, Lee Constable, who we had on a couple of episodes, has put us onto this uh, petition to basically get a climate category in iTunes for, for podcasts. There's tons of categories and even more subcategories. You've got fantasy sports, marketing, investing, all this sort of stuff. There's a science category, but there's no climate category, which mm. is kind of dumb. So there's a group of podcasters that are pushing to get uh, climate category put onto iTunes, which is, you know, sort of fairly small fry uh, action in terms of, you know, global outcomes of climate. But it's also like, why the fuck not? Yeah. Come on. I mean, if you've got fantasy sports, if you've got 15 separate things about entrepreneurship, you should have something for the, the largest problem facing humanity. Yeah. Um, and if you're not a podcaster and you go along to that uh, petition, you will see all of the signatories are basically an uh, index of uh, climate podcasts, podcasts about climate. So, <laughs> <laughs> before, until iTunes gets around to building a climate category, <laughs> you can just use that website as a, as a pretty, pretty good catalogue. Another shout out this week is to the specific person um, somewhere in and around the NDIS who keeps leaking shit to the media. Um, absolute massive shout out there was a tweet that came out from Rick Morton from the Saturday paper um, which is fucking beautiful I have just been leaked a memo from NDIS chief executive Martin Hoffman warning staff not to leak to media regarding the piece we broke yesterday remind <laughs> staff that sensitive documents should be dumped in secure bins or shredded fuck that's good Oh, massive shout out to whoever had the fucking gall and the comedic like sense to leak that specifically to Rick Morton. You are a legend. Yeah, that's also just a, to, to to put a bit of a serious hat on it. That like, as well as being very funny, that's also like a really valuable service. Yeah. The changes that are going on internally in the NDIS really do have the potential to very seriously harm a mm -hmm. lot of vulnerable people. And the more sort of uh, light that is shed on that, the less hopefully likely that that is to you know that that outcome is to come yeah. about so yeah like comedy shout out and genuine th shout out to the, the ndis leaker and if you want to hear more about the changes that are going on in the ndis that's something that we talked about a bunch in the last episode this is the fifth tweet down in the tweet thread he has also reminded staff again not to leak to media referring them back to previous email about not leaking which was leaked to me <laughs> this latest memo <laughs> has just been leaked to me <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Not Good Enough. Uh, you can get in touch with us on all of the socials at notgoodpod or email us at notgoodpod at protonmail.com. Um, if you want to leak things to us, eh, maybe send them to an actual journalist, but we do want to hear any funny gossip. <laughs> Comedy leaks only. Uh, serious leaks, give them to... Oh, what's his name? Rick Morton. Give them to Rick Morton. <laughs> You're listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to the modern era. I'm your oldest oh, brother, God. Mitch Alexander. <laughs> Do it right.
Say the line. Was that a reference to something? Say the line, McLean. No. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You have to play with me in this bit. Say it right. We do have to push back against the tyranny of Mitch getting to start the pod with whatever vibe he wants. You, uh, you, you went two McElroy's deep in that one. <laughs> yeah. They hated to hear it. All right, fine. I'll start it again. You're listening to not good enough and inadequate response when no one plays in the impro. Hold on. No, come Do on. it clean. The McElroy's wouldn't dare touch the shit we talk about. <laughs> You're listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Tom McLean. I'm your middlest brother, Mitch Alexander. <laughs> I'm heckin' good boy, Tom Lang. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Isaac in our headphones. Not Good Enough is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Uh, we want to pay our respects to their elders past and present um, and to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded.